From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 23rd of March 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight Story, we run through the latest developments in the Turkish election. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, we explain the Bank of England's decision to raise interest rates. But first, what's happening in Turkey? With just under two months to go until Turkey's crucial presidential and parliamentary elections, President Erdogan has been hit with another setback that could damage his chances of re-election. Earlier this month, we covered the Turkish opposition's unveiling of its joint candidate to take on Erdogan. One question that remained unanswered at the time was what Turkey's third largest party, the People's Democratic Party, would do. The People's Democratic Party, or HDP, is a pro-Kurdish left-wing party that, in the last two presidential elections, has won between 8 and 10% of the vote. Having been excluded from the six-party national alliance, which is the opposition bloc taking on Erdogan, the HDP could have decided to put their own presidential candidate forward. But on Wednesday, the HDP's co-leader, Pervin Buldan, said we will not field a candidate in the presidential elections and will fulfil our historic responsibility to end one-man rule, referring to and condemning President Erdogan's two-decade dominance of Turkish politics. Buldan did not state openly that her party would support the main opposition candidate, Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu. However, the choice not to stand their own candidate can be seen as tacit approval of Kılıçdaroğlu and should avoid a major split in the opposition vote by freeing up some 10% of voters that could prove crucial in the elections on May the 14th. When announcing the HDP's plans, Bolden said the path towards a bright future and building political democracy is to expand the struggle together, adding that defeating Erdogan would mean Parliament was empowered to find a democratic and peaceful solution to the Kurdish issue. President Erdogan and his allies have labelled the HDP as the political extension of the Kurdish Workers' Party, or PKK, which is designated as a terrorist organisation by Turkey, the US and EU for its four-decade insurgency. The HDP denies this and is in favour of a negotiated end to the conflict, but has faced a crackdown by Turkish authorities, which has left thousands of its members in jail or stripped of their positions since 2015. A case in Turkey's top court could see the party shut down, so in the parliamentary elections being held on the same day as the presidential vote, the HDP says it will field candidates under the Green Left Party in order to get around the potential closure. Even before Wednesday's announcement, President Erdogan was facing his toughest electoral challenge yet. Sky-high inflation and public anger at his response to last month's earthquake has contributed to him being behind in the polls. Okay, so that's our main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has unveiled the details of a long-awaited referendum that could see Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders recognised in the Constitution and given a voice in Parliament on issues that affect them. Albanese made a tearful plea of, if not now, when, saying that, for many, this moment has been a very long time in the making. 
He hailed the patience, optimism and thoughtful, respectful dialogue shown by Indigenous communities. The Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice would be a committee that would provide non-binding advice to Parliament on relevant matters. It was recommended by Indigenous communities in a 2017 document called the Uluru Statement from the Heart. The government is urging people to vote yes, while opposition leader Peter Dutton said they'd wait for more details before deciding in due course. There is support and opposition across the political spectrum, and even among Indigenous people, but polling suggests public support for the change. The referendum will be held later this year. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. It's been reported last night that a German police officer was shot and wounded in raids on properties across the country that were linked to the far-right Reichsburger movement. This movement plotted to overthrow the government as they don't recognise modern-day Germany as a legitimate state. It was these plans to overthrow the government that led to them being raided. In total, the raids took place in eight German states and Switzerland. They targeted five people that they suspected of being a member of a terror organisation and another 14 who were not suspects but may have possessed useful material. De Spiegel Online have reported that several members of the German security services were among the suspects, although prosecutors were unable to comment. During the raid, a police officer was shot and wounded. We move to New Zealand now, where the government has announced that it will be spending about $4 million to help teenagers deal with breakups. The Love Better campaign will receive the money over the next three years from the Ministry of Social Development. The campaign will include dedicated phone, text and email helplines run by Youthline, who will receive some of the funding in turn. The scheme has been introduced following a survey of 1,200 New Zealanders that found that 68% of them had experienced something bad beyond the normal hurt of breaking up. This scheme is also part of the New Zealand government's broader national strategy to eliminate family violence and sexual violence. Speaking about the Love Better campaign, the Associate Minister for Social Development and Employment said this is an authentic way to inspire others to build their own strength, self-worth and resilience. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss a new Arizona plant that will pull in CO2 from the air. Blocklight, a startup, announced its plans to create concrete by mixing an alternative cement process with technology that can remove carbon dioxide from the sky. The three companies involved in this process have received a $150,000 grant from the Four Corners Carbon Coalition, which is funding from local governments in Colorado, Utah, Arizona and New Mexico. If proved successful, this could revolutionise the way we build in the future. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the Bank of England's interest rate decision, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. 
That's things like real-life law's incredible modern conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings, and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up, and we'll see you on Nebula.